Listening to the Common Fan Podcast, a Husker football podcast for the common fan by the common fan. Welcome back to the Common Fan Podcast. I am TJ Burkle with Maddie Owens Sr. and Geoff in Lincoln. We are your fellow common fans. Hey, Common fans, spring is on the horizon. And with this weather in the good life lately, it already feels like grilling season. So what are you waiting for? It's time to load up on certified Piedmontese beef and fire up the backyard barbecue. Steaks, ribs, ground beef, even beef bacon. Certified Piedmontese has everything you're looking for. Visit your local Mercado butcher shop at 30th and Yankee Hill or 84th and Havelock in Lincoln and also at 162nd and Maple in Omaha. You can also go to cpbeef.com to get certified Piedmontese products shipped right to your front door anywhere across all 50 states. So get some certified Piedmontese beef for your next family gathering or Husker tailgate. Certified Piedmontese, powering the Husker football team and powering the Common Fan Podcast. Our guest today played running back, for the Cornhuskers from 1987 to 1991, appearing in 24 games, rushing for nearly 500 yards and scoring six touchdowns in his career. Originally born in Kenya, he came to the United States as a child where he quickly took to sports, including football and track. He's a member of the Omaha Creighton Prep Hall of Fame and currently serves as president of the Husker Football Letterman's Association. It is an honor to have George Achola joining us now. George, thanks so much for chatting with the Common fans this evening. Uh, thank you. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. I look forward to it. And uh, your sponsor, I got to say, they've got some pretty good beef. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to give them a little bit of a shout out. So I've, uh, I've bought some of their, their steaks in the past, and uh, I didn't know they were a sponsor, but uh, that's a pretty good sponsor to have. I'm hoping you get some of the, uh, some of the beef that they sell. <laughs> oh. I well, I, up a few. I I grilled up some New York strips and some ribeyes tonight, actually. So, pretty yeah, damn yeah. good. Yeah, they are. They are. Well, uh, you're. That was not planned, common fans. But uh, no, look, ev- no. everyone. We didn't knows. tell him to say every, that. Every, we did not tell every, him to say that. <laughs> everyone no. knows. Everyone knows. George yes. knows. The check. The yeah. checks in the mail, George. The checks in the mail. <laughs> I I was glad when they opened up the one in Omaha because you know I I used to stop to the one in Lincoln when the time I had had business in Lincoln I'd stop by there and grab something. But when they opened up the one in Omaha, it's literally half a mile from my house, so it's really really nice. Nice. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. You can't go wrong no. with those steaks or, no. or anything else they've got. So, no, no. Well, I'm glad glad to hear you're a, you're a consumer as well. So I am. Well, I am. so George, you've got you've got such an intriguing story. How, how old were you when you came to the United States? Uh, roughly seven, uh, seven, eight years old. Uh, that range. Um, when I came to the United States, uh, so we originally. We set foot in all places, Iowa City, Iowa, because my dad's where my dad went to school. And then uh, when I got to be about the seventh grade, we moved to uh, Nebraska, and I've been in Nebraska ever since. Okay. Um, 
I'm just kind of curious what, um, you, you know, how much of that do you remember and sort of what, what prompted your parents to make that decision to come to the United States from Kenya? I, re I remember quite a bit, you know, I had, a, you know, I had enough of my, some of my formative years there. So there was a lot of things that I do remember, uh, especially going to school there and some of the friends I had and family and what, you know, what prompted the move was education. Um, you know, the, uh, the education system here in the United States, especially the university level, is second to none. And, you know, at that point, my dad wanted to get an education. He had an opportunity because one of the things that you'll find out at any time that involves immigrants, just takes one or two to set foot somewhere and then a lot follows. So my dad had some friends at the University of Iowa. So that's where he went and uh, he brought the family along and, um, you know, the rest of the stay has kind of started me on this course that eventually has landed me where I am here today. That's, uh, that's really cool. Um, what, what do you remember? And you, you mentioned it a little bit, but what do you remember about those first seven or eight years in Kenya? You know, um, educational system was clearly different. Um, it was a much more of a very structured system than the one we had here. So I remember that being a kid, uh, you know, having to wear the uniform every day. Uh, the structure was slightly different. Of course, the weather was amazing. You know, it was roughly 80, 85 degrees year round. So that's something you don't forget. <laughs> uh, you know, your, your first winter and your first winter in the States is kind of a shocker. When you come from a very, yeah, exactly. When you come from a tropical climate like that. Um, so that's those, so those are some things I remember the weather, the school, uh, the family structure was very close knit. So there was always a lot of time spent with aunts, aunties, uncles, cousins. Um, there was a lot of emphasis on having family around. So that's another thing that I really remember about uh, the time that I spent there growing up there. Nice. Well, you had mentioned so. too. Uh, going to Iowa City and then coming to Nebraska, and we might circle back on that. But this being a Nebraska football podcast, and me being born and raised in just the cornfields of Nebraska, yep. I don't know much about Kenya. So, is did you have any exposure to American football, or does does no. Kenya you know, really into that sort of thing out there? Is that a, no, is that a no. big thing anybody knows about? No, well, of course, you know, the, you know, in the modern era, everybody knows about it because you know the social media and the world right. has gotten so much. The world has gotten so much smaller. You know, clearly, you know, my I still have family back there. They watch a Super Bowl and they keep up on college football. But you know, when you're there, the one thing that you know the Kenyans are known for is running, the runners. Mm -hmm. um, so number one, I think that's clearly a national sport. Secondarily, soccer, even though Kenya has never really been a dominant African soccer power, it's still a sport that is, is extremely popular. Uh, rugby, uh, Kenya was a British colony, so the Brits brought a lot of some of a lot of the love for rugby to the continent. And so you'll see a lot of Kenyans play rugby. And if you look at the, you know, anytime you look at rugby rankings in the world, Kenya is usually somewhere in the top 10 to 15. Um, mm -hmm. of countries that play rugby in the world. So rugby is another sport uh, that yeah, is, okay. that just, yeah, that's been very popular. But, of course, soccer and basketball is beginning to gain a little bit of popularity. But if uh, if I were to say what's a national sport, it's probably soccer. And quickly behind it is running just because of the success 
the Kenyan runners have had um, in track and field. Sure. Gotcha. Well, George, we yeah. know, we, we obviously know you played football um, and you went to Creighton prep. Did you play, did you play any other sports at Creighton prep? Did you run any track or play any <sighs> basketball or baseball or anything like that? Yeah, I ran track, um, you know, was a, I was a sprinter. Um, then I was also, I played basketball my first three years there. And then I decided I was going to focus on football. I did a little soccer, um, but predominantly football courses, the, the primary sport, uh, dabbled in baseball occasion, uh, but that was difficult just because baseball and track shared the same season. So I kind of had to uh, eventually kind of go into the, the track because for football is what made sense. Um, but I, I did a wide range of different sports. I played prep for my first two or three years. And then when I figured out football was probably going to be the ticket to, to get a college education, I ended up focusing on football. Very cool. Very cool. I have, uh, I have, a, I have a backup. I have another question um, after that, more related to uh, um, Iowa City versus Lincoln. You know, now, you know, when when you're when you were first in Iowa City, Nebraska and Iowa weren't rivals, and now it's grown into a pretty pretty neat little rivalry. How much better is Lincoln than Iowa City? <laughs> you see, you're trying to get me in trouble, aren't you? <laughs> no, never. You you are trying to get me in trouble because um, you know the last thing I need is the people from Iowa City uh, trying to get me. Um, no. <laughs> They're, you know, they're very different, of course. Um, you know, yeah, you say they were not rivals, but they were rivals. Um, when I was growing up, and I don't know, I, I haven't told a lot of people this story, so this is probably a, a story that a lot of the fans will hear for the first time. Yes. When I, when I decided to be a college football player, I lived in Iowa City, Iowa. And I'll never forget this. I snuck into the University of Kinnick Stadium, named after a guy from Omaha, all the weird things in life. Um, and I watched Iowa play Nebraska. And Nebraska, yeah, Nebraska had come in with Roger Craig, Remington, you know, that that's that nineteen, I want to say it was probably nineteen eighty one, eighty two time frame, right before I'd gone to uh, Iowa to, to link to Omaha. And I watched that game. And Nebraska beat Iowa ten to seven, and that's where Nebraska was like eight. That was the beginning of the really powerhouse eighties Nebraska programs. And I remember running onto the field after that game. Um, you know, I think I'm probably eight, nine years old at this time, and I remember looking at the size of these guys, and um, I was shaking their hands in the line. You know, the fans had somewhat stormed the field because it was a big win for Iowa. And I remember shaking the hands and said, these Nebraska guys were massive. I mean, they were massive. And it was something clicked in my mind. And I said, you know what? I think I can do this. And that's kind of when I made the commitment to myself that I wanted to be a college football player. You know, a crazy dream for a kid at that age. But it was a bad game uh, of all games that I decided that I was going to be a college football player. Iowa beat Nebraska 10-7 to at Kinnick Stadium. And... Uh, I went on the field and I fell in love. There was just something about it that I fell in love with. And that was all the passion after that. Awesome. That's great. That is great. Great, great memory. Cool. Yeah. Um, so when, when did you start? Like when it kind of, I'd be kind of curious, you know, when did you start actually playing tackle football? And, you know, it's one thing, a lot of kids watch college football and say, that's going to be me. But then yeah. when did you, re when did you realize, 
Hey, I'm like, I'm pretty good at this. I, I could, I could be a college football player. Yeah. You know, of course, like everybody else, I did the flag football thing. Um, yeah. I think I was gifted a little bit with speed. I think that kind of came to the forefront early on in my youth. So flag football is what I always did. And then I got to junior high um, and I started playing tackle football, seventh, eighth grade at junior high. You know, was I a good player? Yeah, I was that. Was I what I would call an outstanding player? You know, I don't know. I mean, I think I was a I was a decent player. Um, you know, then I got to prep. Uh, my freshman year had a good year. Uh, sophomore year, I made varsity as a uh, as a um, as a sophomore. Started some games, and I think that's when the light bulb kind of went on. That hey, I think I can. I, I think I can do this. I think there's an opportunity here. Uh, to do this, and um, you know, then the letters started coming in from Coach Osborne and some of the other coaches around the country. Um, so that's kind of where it was cemented in my head. Okay, this is something I'm going to be able to do. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah. so probably around your, or you said around your junior year or so, you started yeah, letters. Yep, yep. So around my junior year. Yep. Just curious, uh, you who are some other programs that uh, that recruited you besides Nebraska? Uh, Nebraska. I mean, I'll tell you the ones I took my trips to because I was, you know, like everybody else, I, I was getting letters from everybody at that area, that era. But uh, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Penn State, <laughs> Colorado, Iowa, Arizona State. Um, and then, you know, just about everybody else that you can think of. But those are kind of the main five that I, I had focused on. Wow. Uh, five yeah, or so six. There's some some pretty big time programs, um, you know, even now. I mean, back, back then, you know, there's some. Yeah some of the big dogs and, and, uh, yep. and a lot of those still continue to be, that's impressive. No, it was, uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, you tell your kids about it and they look at you and go, yeah, right. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, exactly. that's an impressive offer list. You may have seen Jeff's eyes light up because this did, is a, this is a Nebraska football podcast. Did you, but... or did you not get to meet Lou Holtz? I've been, I just need to know. <laughs> I got to be Lou Holtz. I got to sit in this house and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Lou Holtz. That's kind of the way. Oh you're my! Repeating. Oh my yeah. dear lord! And that and that's when yeah. you decided not to go to Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, TJ, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm TJ you, you keep Lou Holtz's name out of your mouth. All right, you keep his yeah, name out of your no. mouth. George yeah, G no. Jeff is Jeff is uh, uh in addition to being a Nebraska fan, he grew up in a Notre Dame household. So oh, uh, he got it. He that's got that's right. He's got a quite the uh quite the affinity for Lou Holtz and all <laughs> things uh Golden Domers. So we we have a lot of those those elements here. You know, two of my good friends in high school played there. Three of my good friends in high school played there. Um Mickey Mickey Anderson, Dave Jandrick, and Junior Bryant were all with me at prep and they went to Notre Dame. So they oh, were my recruiting, yeah. They were my recruiting hosts. So yeah, I, I got to know Notre Dame pretty well. That is so cool. Yeah, wow. yeah. So Great. so you're, you know, you're a naturally talented athlete. You're you have a highly successful career at Creighton Prep. You get recruited by all these big programs. What was it like though? What like what was the adjustment to college football like, especially in those days? You know, well, uh, Osborne had <clears throat> been the head coach for what north of 15 years probably at that point yep. so pretty yep. well-oiled machine in terms of their process and the strength program yep. and all that sort of thing what kind of an adjustment was that um because i always wonder even for for young talented guys that's got to be sort of a sort of a eyes wide open kind of moment when you get to big time college football no it's uh it's uh it's a it's a masterly eyes wide open moment because 
I tell this to a lot of folks um, that, you know, that I talk to nowadays. It's like when I got to Lincoln and, you know, I've been recruited by all these big schools. So, you know, your head starts to swell a little bit and you start to think, you know, hey, I'm pretty good. But then you, you but then you get to a place like Lincoln. I remember that's the days, you know, four or five scholarship buybacks was, was the rule. And all of them were very, very good. And, and the one thing I realized very quickly was that I was, I was a running back, but I did not understand how to play running back. I relied on my natural skill sets because I was, you know, you're generally bigger, faster, stronger than probably 90% of the guys you played against in high school and you relied on your natural gifts. The, the technical part of the game, the tactical part of the game, the mental part of the game were all taught to me by Solich and Coach Osborne when I got to Lincoln. And that's what made me a complete football player. So you're not only realizing that, hey, I've got these gifts, natural speed, strength, whatever, but the understanding of the game makes you such a much better football player. And the teaching that went into the college game because clearly it's almost a full-time job uh, when you're in college. So the teaching that goes into it is immense. And so you really, really learn how to play the position. Uh, and that's the one thing I'll remember. You know, I got there, and, you know, and the speed of the game is unbelievable. Because I, I remember, you know, my first year I'm there, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty well as a freshman. I'll never forget, you know, one morning. That's the year we had the freshman used to get there early then the varsity would come. So I had a pretty good little scrimmage in the morning with a freshman and, um, you know, T.O. was, hey, why don't you come practice at the varsity this afternoon? I'm like, okay. And so, of course, it's a scrimmage. So you're the young guy. So you sit around for about an hour before it's your time to come in. And I remember going into the scrimmage and Coach Osmond calls 44 ice and 44 ice. So it's me falling the fullback right up the middle. You know, at that, that time, you know, you've got Leroy, uh, ATN, you got Randall Jobman, Cowboy, you got Pat Terrence, you got Neil Smith, Lawrence, you know, you got some complete style folks playing on the other side. <laughs> and I'll never forget the hut hut. I get the ball from the quarterback, I see the hole, and I put my foot to go. And the next thing I know, I was upside down. <laughs> that's how that, that's how fast it was. I mean, I just I just I I did not realize how fast the game was, and it took, it takes a little bit of adjustment to adjust to it. And, uh, but, you know, it, it, the thing about Osborne, the thing about Solich is they were teachers and they were developers of talent. Uh, and I think that's why we were so successful. That's awesome. And yeah. I mean, that's kind of that in itself right there is an awesome memory to have. And you had mentioned, you know, a, a good memory about sneaking out onto the field and getting to meet some of those Huskers, but yeah. As far as when you were a player and at the university, do you have like a, a favorite memory or something that jumps out to you, whether it's on the field or off the field, that a story that maybe not a lot of people know about it or something that just really stuck with you for a very long time, whether that's a play or anything like that. I'm just kind of curious what you, what you took away from Nebraska and one of your favorite memories you know, is. What, what I took what my favorite memory clearly was uh, my junior year when I kind of got uh Probably the one game I got the most amount of playing time was against Minnesota. There was some injuries, so I got to play substantially that game. I ended up being the leading rusher that game, um, you know, for the for the team and in the game. So that's a memory that I will not forget just because it's the one time, okay, show the world this is your chance to show them what you got. 
and I think I delivered. So that's that's the one game I'll never forget. It's just that was that one game where there's always that opportunity that comes, and I was hopeful I was able to rise to the occasion and take advantage of it. So that's the one game I clearly remember. But on the flip side of that is it's 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 the friendships more than anything else. Um, you know, you get to bond with with the guys that are in that locker room. You know, the guys that are in your position that you're competing against. Uh, the relationships that you develop. Um, and, and at the end of the day, the one thing I took away from Lincoln more than anything, and people think this is strange being an athlete, is I got exposed to probably the single greatest leader I have ever seen in Tom Osborne. And what I took away from the things that I learned and the way that he approached things and the way that he taught and the way that he led all things that I use today as I coach and I coach, I mean, I coach soccer, I coach basketball. Um, and so not only from, from a, from an athletic standpoint, but also from a business perspective. So I got more than just football. I got some significant life lessons from that guy that, um, that I have helped me be successful where I am today. Cause a lot of the ways that he led and things that he taught, um, you know, if you if you didn't take the time to pay attention, you really, really missed out on an opportunity to learn from one of the greats. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, he's uh yeah. without without question one of the greatest coaches of all time. I think in any sport. I'm although I'm biased, biased yeah. as a Husker yeah. fan, but I th- really I, think so. And for sure on the Mount Rushmore of of college football coaches. Um, I thought I th- I thought you were talking about Lou Holtz that whole time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, come on, Jeff. Focus, Jeff. Focus, Jeff. Come on now. Sorry. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> well, what a what a thrill. It must have been just a complete thrill to to play for that man. Um, and I know, you know, I've ne- I've never heard of any of his former players say a bad thing about him. Um uh so certainly just just an accomplishment, I think, in it uh, in, in and of itself to say you played for for Tom Osborne. Um do you have a favorite a favorite memory of a you know a quote or something that he said to you or or said to you guys in the locker room that uh, that's kind of stuck with you? It wasn't so much a quote of what he said; it's what he did. I, I'm going to tell you a story that's probably going to play be the best light, but I think it kind of tells you about who he is and his leadership. Of course, I'm 19 years old, and I'm gonna. We go to Miami. I think it's Miami. I think this was my sophomore year. We're going to play in the Orange Bowl, and uh, so I'm reddish. I'm a red shirt, and so me and some of the other knucklehead red shirts, we decide. Oh, you know what? We're gonna skip out after bet check and go hit the town. Okay. Of course, we do that, and you know, I would bore you with all the details, but let's just say there was a second bet check that happened. There was a second bet check that happened that night. And of course, <laughs> of course, I wasn't in my room. And um, so, I, I mean, I, I literally got home. The sun was coming up. And I think I might have been in bed 15 minutes when I heard the knock on the door. Coach wants to see you downstairs. And so I go down there. And um, when I walked in the room, I knew exactly what was going on because I saw all the faces. I'm like, okay, these are all the guys who were out last night. So something happened. Okay. Of course, he gets up there in his own Tom Osborne way, and he starts going down the list of, hey, you know, I'm not going to give up many names. But, hey, Joe Smith, were you in your room? Yes. Oh, no. You know, Mike Brown, right down the list. And then, you know, of course, he comes to me. Yeah, coach, I wasn't in my room. I was out. Um, 
Then he got to these other two other players we all not name who kind of decided that they were going to double down and said, oh, I was in my room. And so he, he passes through the first one. He goes to the next guy. Nope, I was in my room. So now, you know, he starts turning red. So we all know that. We don't all know what's coming. Then the, he's got this one vein that pops out of his neck. He's really, he's pissed. He's hot. He's hot. He, he's, he, is, he is hot beyond all get up. And I remember him kicking this chair across the room and, um, Dad Gamut, you know, that's what he knew. Dad Gamut. You know, I don't care what you do, but don't you ever lie to me, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, here I am. I'm trying to think how I'm going to get home and explain to my parents I lost my scholarship and all these <laughs> other things that got kicked on the team. That's not what happened. But so the, I, I tell the stories to say this that. So, fast forward. So, basically, we get suspended. He says, you know, you guys are off the team. Don't do any TV events for the notice, yada, yada. You know, I'm 19 years old. Oh, thank God, I'm going to go back to bed. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, so literally a day later, I'm in the elevator and who happens to get in the elevator? Coach Osborne. And I'm thinking, oh my God, here comes Ron too. This man looks me in the eye. Hey, George, how you doing? How's your family? Blah, 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 blah. You know, how's school going? Is there anything I can do to help you? He never once said a word about what had happened. And that's the thing that's always stuck with me is that that's where I learned that he wasn't mad at me. He was mad at what I did. And he was able to, he, he was able to differentiate between the two. And, you know, as a leader, that lesson will always stick with me. You can be mad at somebody without making it personal and keeping humanity. So that's the one thing I always remember as a leader is like, yeah, somebody, people screw up, you discipline them, you do what you got to do, but then, you know, you turn around and you show them, hey, what? You're forgiven. We can move on. Yeah. Uh, that that oh, is really awesome. powerful. Really yeah. powerful. So George, and I, I want to get to, you know, your work as president of the Husker football letterman's association, but you know, you, you, so that, that's, that's a not, that's a board that you're, that yep. you're involved with. You're on yep. other boards. Um, yep. You mentioned the coaching that you've done, you know, it seems like, and you know, you've got a full-time job, you've got a career, yep. but it seems like, it seems like these other activities sort of giving back, volunteering your time and sharing what you've learned, uh, it seems like that's something that's very important to you. But I'd love to hear just kind of your philosophy. Is that informed by maybe your experience being born in one country and coming to this country um, and kind of everything that went into that? Is it informed by what you learned from Coach Osborne? Is it kind of all of the above? We'd love to hear you talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit all the above. Um, you know, I'm at a point, you know, you look at your life, you know, you know, you look you look at a kid born in Kenya of all places, and then you look at where I am in life now. But then when I really look at that journey, I, I've been so blessed. And you know, I, I'm a very spiritual person. You know, people may say I'm, I, of course, I'm Catholic, but but I consider myself much more spiritual than I am religious. But somehow, at every critical junction in my life. God or whatever power you, you 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 look at has put amazing people in my life. 
and Coach Osborne being them, Coach Jaworski, Brother Willamot, Danny Malliard, um, you know, the list of teachers that I've had. Um, and so the what so so when you look at that, you understand that it's more than just you. And so the philosophy that I've learned a lot from Coach Osborne is the way that you impact lives is through the things that you and how you help other people. Um, and so that's kind of the philosophy that I've tried to live by is you're here to hopefully make a difference in somebody's life. Um, you know, if you read, if you read Coach Osborne's latest book, he has this very, very powerful story at the end of the book where he talks about the one man that influenced his grandfather. And that one influence set the whole Osborne family on a completely different trajectory and got him to where he was as a coach. And so, you know, I don't know who that may be for me. I don't care really. But the, my, my part of my purpose here is can I be the person that hopefully makes that difference in somebody's life? So maybe that the trajectory of their life and the trajectory of their family's life has changed. Because for me, all the different individuals that have run into my life one way or another, some of them negative, some of them positive, but overall mostly positive, have shaped it in me that it is my obligation to try to do what I can and what's, you know, as much as I can to find a way to help other people uh, maybe have the same, if not more, opportunity than I did. I love that. Wow. Like, seriously, yeah. like, that is, yeah. that's fantastic. fantastic. Like, uh, yeah. I liked you from the start, but I keep liking you more and more as we get deeper <laughs> into this, man, for real. Uh, um, uh, that's great. Um, thank you. Well, with, with you being the president of the Husker Football Letterman's Association, just for, again, we call it the Common Fan Podcast for a reason. Yep. Yep. Um, and one is because we are just common fans. So I don't yep. know a lot about this behind the scenes stuff with these boards and the associations, but what kind of activities do you put on or what's your role or what do you do as the president of this association? Well, our role is you knowing because my, my role as president is mainly to, uh, to keep structure and give structure to their organization primarily. And, you know, the organization we're technically about three or four years old. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out a way and organize structure to keep the brotherhood together. Um, because this thing, you know, goes back to the fifties, um, you know, and be, before that, all the way to the current time. So we've got that whole stretch of folks that are within the organization, but it's hopefully a place where, you know, we can put a little bit of structure to former players. We, you know, we do our annual reunion every year. We we'll pick a big game and we have a reunion. We have former players come. We're going to try to do some things with coach rule. You know, we're going to try to do some things as far as mentoring, uh, with current and former players. So the whole idea is it's it's a place where us as former players can convene and have a voice, uh, hopefully a unified voice of some structure um, as things occur within within the program, and I have conversations with Trev or, other, or the athletic director, have a direct line to Coach Rule, but it's mostly a way of just keeping us unified and keeping us together. Because one of the things that uh, when I kind of started doing this, and this will shock you probably, is when I talked to some of the alumni folks at the university, the single one of the single hardest groups for them to track down after they leave the university are the former football players, hmm. which which is which was shocking to me. But but when I really realized, I thought about it, 
you know, when I'm 21, 22 years old, I put those pads down for the last time when I walked out of there in January of uh, 92. Um, it's like, you just move on, you know? And uh, so it's, it's kind of a way of keeping us uh, linked uh, to the program. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And especially, I think something that to be said for, you know, we, the last, you know, 20 years, we've had more coaches come through yep. here than, than in, in the history of Nebraska. Um, yep. And, you know, some guys have loyalties to their guy, you know, their guy that coached them. And, and really, I think it's this, this is, a, it sounds like a really cool organization to kind of keep it all about the, you know, the letter N on the side of the helmet and you played for the yep. Scarlet and Cream. Yep. And yes. that's, a, that's a brotherhood, no matter who coached you. Uh, Absolutely. So how, uh, you know, how many former players are we talking here that are, that are a part of the association? Is it just any, anybody that's played football for Nebraska and earned a letter can, can join you guys? Yeah. Anybody that's, that's played, that's coached, you know, if you were at a, a, a you know, see if you're an equipment manager, uh, we, you know, we left it pretty broad that anybody that's been part of that family. And that's, you know, that's well over 1,500 people uh, right now. So um, so that's, but it's predominantly for the letterman. Um, you do not have to have lettered necessarily to be a member. If you played, you can, play, you can also be a member. But it's a way of just keeping everybody somewhere unified. Yes. Awesome. So there's yeah. probably some pretty outstanding uh, athletes in the association. You guys ever uh... – Strap the pads on one more time. Maybe do some tackling <laughs> drills or something like that. Yeah. Some, I don't think you want to see some of these guys in pads anymore. <laughs> you know, and I, think, I think someone still think they can play, but you say no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> but it's probably 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 a little limping going on in in the uh, when yeah. the letter Letterman's Association gets together. Yeah. A little little limping, yeah. a little little complaining about knees and backs yeah. and. Yeah. Knees, back, shoulders, yeah, you name yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, how far does the uh, umbrella stretch? I mean, do 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 uh, fan podcasts hosts? You know, would they be considered? Yeah, can we be part, be part of, of the, the association? association? I, would, I, I gotta, I, I gotta, draw the, I gotta draw the line somewhere soon. <laughs> Love no, you guys got... to death. But uh, we, we, we got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. Well, All right, yeah. TJ, end the interview. We're done here now. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't listen to the Notre Dame fan, George. Don't. don't I got it. I got it. I got it. Well, yeah. you mentioned you mentioned Coach Rule, and I'm I'm just curious. I'm, I'm guessing you've had some interaction with him, and uh, not not fair to compare anyone to To. But as a guy who played for To, sort of against that backdrop, I'm curious. What's your impression of Coach Rule? as a coach, as a leader of young men, you know, that sort of thing? You know, first impressions, I've talked to him a few times, and then I watch him. You know, you watch the game and you look for certain things. You watch how he does his press conferences after the game, um, how he prepares. You know, I think he's got a skill set that's going to allow him to be successful. Um you know, I think uh, I think he has an open door policy. I think he will listen to guys like Coach Osborne, who have been there and have done things a certain way. So I don't think he comes in with a certain uh, arrogance that he knows it all, which I think is a positive. Um, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time to build what I think he ultimately thinks we we need to build, which is going back to where we were, which is going to be a difficult. 
Um, that's going to be tough. I, I know fans hate to hear that, but, uh, you know, that was just a, those 80s, early 90s, those were just very, very magical times in college football for the Huskers. But I think ultimately he can get us to where we are respectable to top 50, top 10 program um, sometime here in the future, but it's going to take a little bit of time uh, to get there. Yeah. I mean, well, and I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned sort of exploring opportunities for, to mentor, you know, kind of yeah. former play, former players to mentor current yeah. players. And it sounds like, you know, the association's only been around for three or four yeah. years. That's really not that much yeah. time. No. But um, I, 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 that was one of the questions we had was just about, it feels like there's probably lots of opportunities, you know, given that, you know, there's probably former NFL guys and successful yep. business guys and yep. teachers yep. and co all kinds of things that, that are former players. Yep. We'd love to hear a little bit more about that. If you're able to share either on the yeah, recruiting, that's, recruiting front or with, with current players. It's mostly with current players, you know, the recruiting yeah. side, I think gets a little bit messy uh, with the NCAA and other rules, but I think with the current players and guys that are graduating, that's the vision. Cause clearly, like you said, there's, there is a something that somebody hasn't been through that's been a part of this organization. You know, we got NFL guys, like you said, we got entrepreneurs, we got business guys, we got lawyers, we got doctors, accountants, anything under the spectrum. So part of that is making that knowledge base available to the current players because one of the things that you are as a former player is you know, not all of us get to go to the NFL. Even when we do go to the NFL, there's a lot of us that, you know, are taken advantage of by other folks that I think if you've got like a Lawrence Pete or or, or so one of the guys, a Kelsey, um, or somebody who's played as available as a mentor, I think can help you through some of that. I think that's critical. I'm in the business world, so that, you know, I, I'm a lawyer by training. So if somebody wants to be a lawyer, Clearly, something that we can have conversations about, we can give them guidance about. So it's just it's just being there to let them know that you're not alone. Because for a lot of us, that transition from being a football player to a citizen is a difficult, difficult transition. Uh, and hopefully, if there's some mentor out there, or somebody that can make that transition a little bit easier. That's ultimately the goal. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, George, George, we noticed that. Uh... All, all three of the Husker Heisman Trophy winners, Eric Crouch, Mike Rogier, Johnny Rogers, are all on the board of the Letterman's Association. Yep. Yep. Between between the three of them, how many Heisman poses are happening at these board meetings? I would imagine. <laughs> and, and my guess is is, is Johnny or, or Mike probably doing it more than Eric. <laughs> you get it. Hey, Johnny the Jet, he's Mr. Heisman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I think uh, I mean they're they're all humble in their own ways, but clearly Johnny is as he's as flamboyant and he's as as great a personality as there is. Absolutely. So of those three, Johnny, without question, is uh, probably the most colorful um, one of the group. No, don't get me wrong, Eric, he's very uh, very sharp, very smart, um, but Johnny, I'd have to say, is the one that uh, is. Uh, you know he won the Heisman. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. But I will nice. say though, whenever I always love seeing Mike Rogier at the Heisman ceremony. More than oh, it seems like more years nice. than not, 
Mike's there and he always looks fantastic. He always okay. just dressed dressed to the nines, maybe has a cool hat on. Oh he's got some, he's still got some swag to him. I, I tell people sometimes I watch it just to see what Mike what's Mike gonna wear this year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, he's very comfortable as well. We're very uh, impressed in that regard. George, do you still keep in, in in your role with the Letterman's Association and then um, sort of everything else you're involved with? Do you still talk to Coach Osborne every now and then? I do, I do. Every now and then, I do. Of course, you know, I've got his cell phone number. He's uh, he he does. He's actually very adept texter, so he does respond. No surprise. Um, no surprise. No surprise. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, I I do keep in touch with him, and sometimes I'll just call him for advice, or sometimes we talk when they just football. So yeah, he's somebody that um, still do keep in contact with. Yes. Well, I That's I only awesome. ask because you know if you've been listening to the Common Fan Podcast, which I'm sure you have, um, <laughs> you may you may recall. So last fall, um, we were having a conversation, and Matt uh, Matty O here. Um, you know, after they started running the option a bit, Matt suggested, hey, they should run that option pass like they used to in the old days. And sure enough, yep. a game game or two later, they ran the option pass. And Coach Rule mentioned that he got the idea from Coach Osborne. So we're pretty sure we haven't verified this yet, but we're pretty sure that both T.O. and Coach Rule have been listening to the Common Fan podcast. So, <laughs> lifting, and they're the lifting next, our ideas. And then, well, the next time you talk to T.O., <laughs> the next time you talk to T.O., just tell him thank you. You know, we're happy, we're, we're happy to help here. We're just about seeing the Huskers <laughs> win. So tell him, hey. tell him thanks for taking the idea, and we're happy to help. Just tell him we were thrilled to be able to help. Hey, I'm glad if, if the credit gives goes to you. I'm gonna give it to you because as a former player, man, was that nice to see that. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh, okay. beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I was like, oh man, I recognize that. I recognize that play. <laughs> I see a little, I see a little 41, 49 pitch on occasion. I see the base option on occasion. Uh, I'm hoping the coach rule uh, puts a little bit more of that in because I think it's, uh, I think, it, I think it'll help him be successful. It was it was so so great to see some options. Oh, yeah, being run. yeah. Oh, we man. wouldn't we, we wouldn't we wouldn't be mad if they decided to keep a little bit in there. We don't want we want, don't want to see uh, our our new guy Dylan Rayola get hurt, take a big hit. But uh, <laughs> no. but I think no. he's tough. He, you know, we had some tough quarterbacks back in the day, and I think he's going to be a tough one too. So maybe s- sprinkle in a little option. There you go. <laughs> sprinkle a little bit of option. Let him take a little bit of. Let him take a few hits. You get used to it. To just which I used go. to tell us. Yep. You just another running back. You just happen to throw the ball on occasion, so uh, you got to tell you got to you got to test it up a little bit. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Well, that's fantastic, George. This has been just a phenomenal conversation, Matt or Jeff. Do you guys have any other uh, any other questions for for Mister Achola? No, just want to say thank you for joining us, George. This was awesome. No, thank you. Yeah, I, I think. Uh... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just, uh, I was going to say, I, I've done enough Lou Holtz plugs, so I wanted to say thank you as well. This has been awesome. Like I said, liked it from the start, but as this interview went on, you just kept getting better and better. So the pleasure is all ours. No, I really appreciate this. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's good. It's fun. Uh, uh, I'm glad you guys are taking the time um, to kind of continue to educate and you keep the Husker Nation somewhat united and listening because I think that's what ultimately we need because the greatest danger we face is indifference. Um, we got to, you know, we got to make sure that uh, this younger generation gets engaged and uh, starts to fall in love with Nebraska football the way we've had it in the past because I think 
uh, we're going to need it. Um, the, the game has changed uh, tremendously. Uh, NIL, the uh, transfer portal, um, you know, it, the, the whole world is different here today. But I think having the Nebraska fans be behind the program and having programs like this, I think, are critical to our success because as a small state, uh, we need every bit of uh, support that we can get to continue to have a program get to where it needs to get. Well, yep. th- thank you for the kind words, George. Well, I can well, I can assure you, I can assure you, indifference is not an issue for the Common Fan no. Podcast. So we're we're doing no, what we can I, here. We're doing our that's part. Good. Love us or hate us, because <laughs> if you love us or hate us, you're watching us. If you don't care, <laughs> then we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Well they're, said. They're, they were in trouble. Yeah. Well, thanks so much to former Husker and president of the Husker Letterman's Association, George Achola, for spending some time with us tonight. Thanks to you, Common fans, for tuning in. As always, GBR for I do. I do have a question for you. How did you? Yes, sir. How how did you get? How did you get Hegel on here? I uh, well, he's he's a listener. No, no, no. He I, I I worked for him. I worked for him for three years. I was on his Senate staff. Oh, seriously. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Hey, he's a good he's a good man. He's a good man. I, I'm a yeah. I'm a big fan. It was really cool of him yeah. to come on come on the show as well. We got some really good, you know, high school football stories and things like that. It was really fun to have him on. No, it was it's good because when yeah. I saw when I saw that, I'm like, wow, they got Chuck Hagel. You know, I've always liked Chuck and uh so I was impressed. So you guys uh you guys you guys are doing it well. You heard it well, here first. Th- Georgia Chola was impressed with the podcast, folks. Well, <laughs> no we, we we had the former Secretary of Defense, and now we had Georgia Chola. So we're just racking up the huge guests here. <laughs> We've done it. <laughs> We've done it. Well, get get coach out. Get coach on here. So yeah. Well, maybe you could there help you us go. with that. There you go. <laughs> I can help you. That just let me know when you're ready, and uh, we'll uh, we, I can try to hook that up. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic. Oh, yes. well, you got you heard it there, common fans. You got plenty of reasons to keep tuning in. Um, yes. Thanks again, George. Awesome talking to you. As always, you. common fans. GBR for life. Absolutely.